Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Woso Daily. We are back. I am Joey. With me today is Ryan once again and Maddie. Boots on the ground from down under. She was at the Spain-Sweden game that we're about to dive right into. Maddie, how are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, so pleased to have you get some, you know, on the ground analysis. And Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. All right, we can just jump right in. And I just the two semifinal games to touch on, you know, the one we previewed yesterday, that Spain-Sweden game, and then the one still to come, Australia and England. But we will start with the game that has transpired in the last 24 hours. Some good action, but nothing until the 80th minute. Three goals in the span of less than 10 minutes. Paraguelo got the first uh, to maybe seal it on 81. Then Rebecca Blomquist equalized on 88. And then one minute later, Carmona hit a weird kind of outside-of-the-box shot that somehow went in and sent Spain to the final. Spain 2-1 winners over Sweden. The team that has looked and played some of the most beautiful soccer of the tournament gets rewarded. And they have a chance to play for their first ever trophy. So, Maddie, you were there. What was the game like? And how are you excited to uh, you know, watch this Spain team go through and compete for the championship? Yeah, the game was amazing. I mean, it was packed. There were, I think, equal amount of Sweden and Spain fans there. And in the section we were in specifically, it was a really, really good mix. So the atmosphere is great. But... The first half was pretty cagey. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say the word boring because we were all just lucky to be there. Uh, but yeah, it was the energy was down a little bit. Uh, neither team was really threatening too much. Um, and I was surprised to see Putea start. I did not see that coming. And I, I, I think they looked a lot stronger when they, they dropped Hermosa back and um, Paraguelo was at the nine. But Overall, the first half uh, was pretty low energy in the stands and then even into the beginning of the second half. And then the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game, the crowd just went absolutely insane. And it was like you just had whiplash and everybody was feeling it. Um, And, you know, we stayed afterwards to get to see them celebrate on the field and you could just tell what it meant. Um, And yeah, it was it was a great game, especially the last 15 minutes, like you said, but got off to a slow start. I think that the better team won, despite looking pretty evenly matched throughout the game. And um, yeah, excited to see what they're going to do in the finals. Brian, the question the entire tournament has been essentially, Spain can play the beautiful soccer. They can string together 70% possession or whatever. They can a million passes. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, you're going to need to be cutthroat in front of net and your defense is going to need to be able to hold up under at least a little bit of pressure. For Spain, I think the jury was still out on that one. Do you think this game finally answered that and you know shows that this team is a championship quali- quality team? Um, I think the thing we learned today is that a, a B version of Spain can beat a B version of Sweden. I think both teams played the game we expected them to play, but just to a kind of sloppier less precise version than we expected and we expect sweden to you know, get a goal off of a free kick or a corner kick and you know surprise that's they got a 
uh, their goal off kind of a sloppy looping ball into the box and then conceded the goal off of a set piece. Spain controlled the game kind of as we expected, but weren't as precise as I think you need to be to be a champion. I think Spain did good enough to get past Sweden, but I think if this same Spain team shows up on Sunday, I I don't think they come away the better team. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I think, you know, Spain is so used to playing that style of play. I feel like this was the ideal opponent who wasn't going to really press that advantage. And you know, I think um, John was saying in the run-up to this game that because the Netherlands so, looked so good against Spain when they just went route one and just attacked and pressed toward the end of that game, that Sweden would do it too. But Sweden didn't do it to much you know, effect. And I think Spain might have gotten off a bit easy. Because if you don't, you know, produce anything attacking wise until 80 minutes with the defense that they've shown so far in this tournament or lack thereof, you're liable to get got on the other end. Do you think, Maddie, that, you know, the Spain defense didn't necessarily prove anything? Or do you think that they did well enough in this game to give you confidence heading into the next one that they can, yeah, you know, hold up against a top level opponent in what will be the biggest game of their lifetimes. Yeah. I thought what's interesting to look at from their previous game to this one against the Netherlands is that towards the end of that Netherlands game, Berenstein was getting in behind constantly. Like I was getting nervous in the stands because I was rooting for Spain after the Berenstein after the U S game. So I was like, let's go Spain. And Berenstein was just getting in so much um, towards the end of that game. And I just kept thinking like, did they not have a response to this? And then it seemed like that threat was just completely eliminated against Sweden. It was, I can't recollect like any, any moment from the game where Sweden looked really threatening and behind. I did notice a couple times that the Spain goalkeeper was really far off of her line um, and so that kind of helped slow down Sweden in transition if they did try to get in. Um, but I think that if we're talking about them facing off against England, that's a really different story of them facing up against Australia. I think we know what Spain want to do. They want to come out and possess control tempo. Um, and, you know, especially with Paraguelo, I mean, they can find her in any space and she can make something out of nothing. So either back line are going to have their hands full. I think that Spain, I think that England is a lot more suited to face up against Spain. They've got that um, three back or five back. That's, you know, pretty solid when you look at the players who are playing there. Um, but I think that if they show up and they follow their game plan and they just catch the either team making any sort of mistakes, they've shown that they can exploit those. Um, but I don't think that this was a statement performance for them by any say. I think that they showed a lot of what we've seen so far, that they can do a lot of pretty soccer and build up, but doesn't always result in a lot of high-quality chances, which they're going to need to have to to beat England or Australia, for that matter. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. You know, the Spain team, even, you know, a little worse than the men's team in terms of you can have all that possession – and they've kind of, you know, eked out a couple wins here in the way that their men haven't been able to. But that possession style for both teams hasn't necessarily equated to a lot of high quality opportunities going forward. Um, and, and certainly this Spain defense looks, you know, like we said, kind of shaky. But it is interesting that they 
were man they managed to hold up well enough in this game and got all you know Sweden's only goal was off a set piece and we've talked about that all the time I think that was Greg's analysis with Sweden against Japan is they were just bigger in all aspects of the game and Sweden's going to be bigger than a lot of teams so to give up a set piece isn't the end of the world I guess final thought on this game Ryan the goal from Carmona to win it was that a soft goal to let up or do you think it was a good strike uh, I think it was good enough. Um, now, I, I talked a lot about um, the Caicedo goal where, yeah, maybe the goalkeeper should have done better, but it's one of those things where when you push the tempo and push the game, the XG gods, I think, kind of look in your favor. I think the number I saw from this game was one and a half to one on XG. So, you know, a little bit of variance favoring Spain. Um, but again, I, I tend to think that the teams that push the tempo get those edges. Could have been saved? Yeah, maybe. It's a funky angle. I don't think she saw it cleanly. There was a decent amount of traffic in front of the keeper. I'm, I'm not sure Muscovich really had a good look at it. Maybe it's one you want to have back, but in that situation, I think it's one of those cases where the, the team that pushed the tempo and tried to do soccer... Uh, the soccer god said, yeah, go ahead, do soccer. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And also, Musovic has had such a good tournament. Like, I don't know, you can't really fault her for one little mistake there. Um, Maddie, final thought, just on this Spain team that you've watched in person now multiple times. You excited for them heading into the final? I am excited. I'm especially excited for Paruelo. She, I think, is my huge breakout star from this tournament. Every time you she gets the ball, you just feel like something dangerous is going to happen. She's so exciting to watch. She's so clean and tidy. And I just, I'm really excited to see that. I think that the big question going into this game for them is going to be whether they start the game the way that they ended the game in, ten, in terms of personnel. Because they started with Puteas. Um, in the midfield. And I think I didn't get to see the lineup because I was at the game, but I think Puteas was like playing a, as like a 10 and Hermoso was in the nine. Um, and then when they put Paraguelo in, it looked like she was in the nine and then Hermoso dropped back. And I thought they looked a lot more dangerous set up that way. And so I think that will be the big question going into like the finals is who's going to start there. And I think if they start, um, you know, with Paraguelo up top and Hermoso sitting back a bit more, I think that's where they look more dangerous. I think that Vilda has a a big a big question on the table about whether he's going to be willing to sit the former two-time Ballon d'Or winner on the bench uh, at a World Cup final. But given the way they looked with Paraguelo on the field, it it might be a hard decision he has to make. So I'm excited to see what he decides. Yeah, the one thing I wonder there is, do you want to mess with the rhythm of bringing bringing Salma on as that game changer? You know, is she as effective? at the start or do you go back to starting Esther at the nine uh, and drop Hermoso into that kind of free roll? That's the direction I would go, but I guess that's a question for the final, not for the review here. Yeah, we can touch on that at a later date, but certainly interesting questions for Spain to consider as they head into this unbelievably massive game in their first big run at a world cup. They've just kind of broke all the way through and now They'll be playing for a final on Sunday. But Spain 2, Sweden 1 in that first semifinal. Sweden are, uh, you know, lovable, uh, you know, people who defeated us. I think you can say that 
in terms of a Sweden versus the Netherlands, that that was the you know the two ways to handle um, the U.S. going out, and we prefer the way that Sweden did it because they did it with respect and shout out them, but unfortunately fell short against Spain in the dying minutes of that game. What a fun game that was towards the end. And we can switch gears and touch on, for me, certainly the uh, more exciting of the two semifinals. We're talking the hosts, Australia, taking on the former motherland, England. This one has all the storylines. Australia, you think maybe the team of destiny with them being the home side. And obviously this England team who has kind of struggled a little bit in this World Cup to really get it going the way that the betting odds would, you know, seem to indicate. Uh, I believe England's still the favorites. But, man, this game has it all, and I am really, really excited for it. Ryan, I think this one is, you know, all between all the buildup and what we know these two teams can be and have been at this tournament, this is going to be one heck of a game. Yeah, I think in terms of the style of play, I think it's instructive to look back to the game against Ireland that Australia had. I think it's going to look pretty similar in terms of being bogged down in the midfield. I think England, now that they have their center mid combo back fully together, I think Walsh and Stanway um, do a decent enough job, well, decent enough, very good job of uh, holding down that center mid um, ahead of that three back Maddie mentioned. And I think that's kind of where the game's going to be won and lost. Can Stanway and Walsh do enough to to slow down Mary Fowler, I think is going to be the big question for me because I think Fowler's been so vital to the way Australia's uh, been playing with an absence of a healthy Sam Kerr. So I think that the two of them are, are going to dictate what uh, what we see from that game. So I think it might look a lot uh, like the Ireland game did with that central midfield pairing with O'Sullivan and Littlejohn. I think they'll they'll look pretty similar to how that game was structured. Again, three back, Irish played, English three back, Little John and O'Sullivan center center mid. I think you'll see McCabe is a pretty good comp for Rachel Daly now that she's tucked back into her left you know, wing back position. And I wouldn't be surprised to see another one nil result either way. I think you're onto something there, but I'm hoping for a little more a little more exciting than one nil. But hey, we can have fun 1-0 games as well. Maddie, have you seen either of these two teams in action so far? Yes, I saw England. I mean, sorry, not England. I saw Australia play Denmark um, in the round of 16 at um, Stadium Australia. And that atmosphere was insane. 80,000. I mean, I think just under 80,000 people in the stadium. Um, Yeah, they were really impressive. I think that this whole, not only Australia, but all of New Zealand as well, is just completely behind uh, this team. And it's just amazing to see. Even all the bars and places that I've gone to in New Zealand, there's just so much support for this team. And they're a really fun team to watch. They're really fun and exciting. And I think that they do a lot of stuff that's unexpected, um, where like they don't really look super threatening. And then out of nowhere, it's like, wow, Like I think of the the chance that I think who is it that took the shot against France where Almeida saved it off the, the it clearance? Power, like I for think. me that, yeah, 
just look like a dead play for a second. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I just got this open net or so we thought. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm super excited to see them play. I've almost contemplated just, I'm at the airport still now contemplated just like maybe a little day trip to Sydney from Brisbane to just to see the game tonight. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. They're a fun team to watch. I think that they're going to give, they're going to give England some trouble, um, especially with the home support. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Do you think that, Australia is going to change, you know, the style that they've played so far? Or do you think it's just going to be, you know, they're going to come in with that crowd behind them and play in that way that they've been playing so far, like you said, where they're kind of a spark plug kind of team where they can come out and not do much and then bam, you know, they, they're turning a counter on you and there's an open net, you know, that, that kind of idea. Do you think that it can work versus England? I think that the answer to that really comes down to kind of similar what we were talking about a little bit with Spain about the personnel that's going to be on the field. I think that what he's what started in the last game, at least with Fowler and Van Aikman up top, that looks a lot different than if he's starting Fowler and Kerr together. Um, I think that Kerr in the game that I saw her play in at, uh, against Denmark in limited minutes and then also um, in the quarterfinals, Something that I noticed that she's doing a lot more hold-up play than I'm like accustomed to see her playing, which I don't, I'm sure maybe has to do a little bit with the game plan and also just her being on limited minutes, not having the same amount of endurance that she's used to. But I, I do think that they're going to stick to that game plan. They've been really consistent um, about just, you know, high pressing and really um, thinking about it and being tactical about it and then hitting them when they're not expecting it. But I do think that this back line against England is going to give them more trouble than any of the other back lines they've faced so far. I mean, they've got bronze. I don't know if Daly's going to start out on the left wing, wing back again or left, whatever their system they're playing is. But, um, you know, that's going to be a tough line for them to break down and it's going to be more difficult than it was against France. But I think that they've shown consistently what their game plan is and how they're going to come out. So I don't expect to see anything differently. I think the big question will just be whether it's going to be Kerr over Van Aikman and those two people play very differently. So I'll be, <laughs> I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Oh, how I would love to see Sam Kerr play a lot of minutes in this game. She is just a difference maker. And you can see the way that she lights up a stadium. When she comes in, the crowd goes absolutely nuts. So hoping to see some good Sam Kerr minutes today. Fingers crossed maybe a start, though that might be asking a bit too much. Last thought on this game, Ryan. I shouted you out on a previous pod. Your Courtney Vine uh, prediction from all way, way back. I'm not sure we even played a game in this tournament yet. She came in and got the winning penalty in the last game. Ryan, any kind of... I guess, non-big, big-name Aussies that you expect um, to maybe make an outsized difference in a game like this? Uh, I, I think if you're Australia, you just stick with what's been working. Again, the best predictor of future performances, past performance, I think. And as much as I'd like to see Courtney Vine just drop into the starting lineup just for fun, uh, I think the best bet is to stick with the Fowler-Van Engman duo they've been running. Maddie, you mentioned how Spain didn't look their best when Puteas was out there. And I wonder if you kind of get the similar thing with if you start Sam Kerr and she isn't up to pace, she's not playing the way Sam Kerr wants to play, and then they they sub her off, what does that do for their morale? Having their their captain and their talisman come off, what is 
what is seeing her come off do psychologically versus you know, you have the option of keeping Fowler and Van Eggman on, subbing her on for Van Eggman at the half hour mark again, something like that. Now, what does that do for their morale to boost them up? Yeah, so I mean, I think their their best bet would be to just do what, what's been working. I think they've been the better team in all the games they've played so far. Maybe you can make an argument for France outplaying them a little bit. You know, Nigeria had better chances, I think, overall, in terms of the uh, number of quality chances. But I think they've been at least level, if not better, than anybody they've played so far. So I think the the as weird as it sounds, the safe bet is to bring Sam Kerr off the bench. Well, I... I believe that you're probably right. I, I think to start her now probably seems a bit late to do that in the process. Maybe it could work, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see her come off the bench, but I think she'll certainly get minutes, and hopefully she can be that bit of a spark that they need around, you know, 50, 60 minutes to, you know, give them that extra, that extra push to get over the line. I am certainly rooting for Australia in this game. I hope they beat England, not just because England is England, but also this Australia team is such a cool story, and you hear about the way they really captivated a nation down there. It's really awesome to hear about, and they've played very good soccer, and I think they've gotten better as this tournament has progressed. They had that loss to Nigeria in the group stage, but ever since then, it's been all up. You know, the 4-0 win against Canada, 2-0 against Denmark, and then that penalty win over France, which was such a fun game, even though it was 0-0, um, and then getting those celebrations afterwards was such a fun sight to see. So I am certainly rooting for the Matildas. Uh, the game will kick off 6 a.m. on the East uh, in the United States, so hey, maybe a bit of a watchable game compared to some of these other games. So... Go Australia, hoping that they're able to get the job done against England. That's about it. So final thoughts, Maddie, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I'm just super excited. Uh, I think that Mary Fowler is going to have a hell of a game. She's impressed me so much this tournament, and I can't wait to see them in person. I hope it's the final, but if not, I'll see them in the third place match. And just really so to see the country for them. Can't wait. Yeah, sounds super, super cool. And Ryan, anything else? Uh, I think the best way to leave this is just with a big glass of Haterade um, and just, I hope England fall in their face. Um, I'd love to see them fail, personally. It'd be great for me. <laughs> yeah, Someone had to say all. it. Someone had so, to say it. So, someone <laughs> had to say it. The Discord is all behind you, I'm sure, Ryan. Well, thank you, you two, uh, for being on with me today. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this game. And that is it. So all of our attention now is on this second semifinal to see who will take on Spain in the Women's World Cup final coming up this Sunday. It has been a ton of fun. And now we are in the real money rounds of this tournament. It's a ton of fun to recap. So thank you guys. Thank you listeners for listening. And until tomorrow, we'll see you.